Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing in businesses, entrepreneurism, real estate, you name it. And today we're going to talk about the subject of branding and investing in your brand and also how to pivot during difficult times in the world like we are facing right now. So I've got a very special guest. His name is Nick Darayani. And you know what? This is the important part. I had been inspired by this guy here in Hong Kong about all the things he's doing as an entrepreneur, as a creator for content. And I invited him today to share with us some of the core elements of how we do better business, stronger business, and also make a bigger impact investing in our own businesses. My name is Peter Leong, and I'm a global real estate investor. I own, invest, and develop properties all around the world. You've probably seen me on videos or on stage working with serial entrepreneurs and investors or business entrepreneurs where we talk about everything investing in businesses. I'm also a private equity and an angel investor as well. So you see me all over the place, but it's not about me. It's about Nick today because I am thrilled, privileged, and honored to have him share this podcast with me because of all the things he's going to share with you. I think we got to take note. So Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Peter. That was quite the introduction. I'm not going to lie. And, and it's very odd for me to be on the other side because normally I'm the host. So it's great for me to just watch your energy and see you introduce me because I'm always the one introducing everyone else. So this for me is, oh, it's amazing, Peter. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm privileged to be on your show and a great deal of respect for you, man. I really do. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being here because You've got so much experience, but you know what? We'll start frame by frame, right? You've got it. You see where there are 24 frames in one of your businesses. <laughs> I love so it. I love it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how this started. And obviously you started a business called 24 Frames and you've made a huge impact there. Now you've gone not just in Hong Kong, you've now been international. You work with huge brands, right? Like you say, the Four Seasons, you work with Jones Lang LaSalle, you work with a lot of major companies all around the world. How did this all start for you? It's a long story, but I'll get straight into it. I was a kid who had one dream, and that dream was just to be an actor. I don't know when it started. I can barely remember, but that's all I wanted to do ever since I've ever known what I wanted to do. And growing up in Hong Kong with Asian parents who loved me tremendously and had a great childhood, but my parents were always very worried about what would end up of my dream. And I think it's very common to be a parent and worry about your children. It's very common to not understand how something, when you're not in the industry yourself, it's very hard to piece together how it works. There's a lot of mystique around my industry. So I had a deal with my parents. I said, I'd go to university and I'd get a degree in psychology. After that, once I was done, then I would be able to go and do whatever I want in the world. So that was my deal. So I packed my bags and I left Hong Kong with a smile on my face. I was so excited because I knew exactly what I was going to do. And none of that involved studying psychology. So I got to university and the first thing I did was I joined the Exeter, I uh, went to Exeter University here in England and I joined the TV Society and I walked into their offices and I spoke to the head honcho there who was like the, the managing student, whoever was managing the whole thing and I went, I want to make my own show, how do I do it? And he went, uh, he looked at me, who the hell are you? And I was like, look, doesn't matter who I am, how do I do it? And so he said, okay, we'll do this and fill out this form and whatever. I came back 10, 15 days later with a script and an idea. 
and a whole team behind me. I, I basically started going around to different societies in the university and recruiting people about this idea that I had. And the idea that I had was a show called Beige. And the reason we called it Beige is because it's a famous Russell Peters joke about the fact that one day we're all going to be beige because the mixture of all the That's it. Exactly. Yeah, the melting pot. And the show was about people of different ethnicities mixing in university. And my mission in life is diversity on screen. And so this was the first step to, to building my mission. So I wrote the script, I hired actors, and the concept was that we had five actors, all different races, all different ethnicities, and they were all really stereotypical of what you'd expect them to be. So I played a very sleazy, odd Indian guy. There was a bimbo American girl. There was a, a rugby player, British dude. And these are not real stereotypes in the sense that I don't believe in these stereotypes, but they're stereotypes that are too often portrayed in Hollywood. And so I wanted to make a mockery of these stereotypes. So we cast these characters and the first episode was basically five students investigating who's thrown up in their bathroom. So they have a house party and the whole thing is flashbacks and it's like a whodunit kind of mystery, except there's no murder. It's a mystery yeah. of who people. The show was an instant hit. We got nominated at the National Student Television Awards, the NASTAs, which is basically like the student BAFTAs. I had never created anything in my life. It was unreal that the response was unreal. And that was it, basically. That then led me to my mentor, uh, Paul Jackson in the UK. Paul is the executive producer of shows like The Young Ones and Hell's Kitchen and, and Benny Dorms, these huge, amazing shows. And he really defined comedy here in England. And a lot of the new shows that have come out now are, are based on principles that, that his team set up back in the day. He mentored me, he coached me, and I worked for him for a bit until I basically moved back to Hong Kong. I couldn't get a visa after I finished the job. It was financially, I remember the UK was very tough times. And in our industry, sadly, and I've, I've seen this happen to young people that I hire in Hong Kong now. Mm. A lot of them tried to get jobs in the UK, but because with film, you start right at the very bottom. You start as a runner. You're, you're basically worthless. You're just a pair of hands moving things around. So it, it's very hard for production companies here in the UK or in America to justify giving someone a visa because mm -hmm. the value that the person gives them at the very bottom level is very minimal. I came back to Hong Kong. I was lost. I was, as my wife likes to call it, in a rut. I was in a rut for about a year. And probably one of the darkest years of my life, I think. I was just lost. I, I would sit in my room every day and learn about making film. So I learned how to edit. At university, even though I made all these shows, I stayed away from the editing because I was always, I, I love the producing side of things and the writing and the acting, but I, I really didn't enjoy the editing side of things, the technical side of things. So I learned how to edit. I learned how to animate. I learned how to film. I learned how to record sound. I did everything you would need to know to get into that film business. And then I got my first sort of internship with quite a well-known video production house in Hong Kong. And then my second setback, I worked for them for six months. And then after that, I said to my boss, hey, listen, I need a job. I've done my dues. I've, I worked for free for six months and it's time. And he went, I don't think you're worth it, is what he said. Whoa. Um, yeah. That must yeah, have hit you on the head pretty hard. Ooh, it was tough. He went, I don't think you're worth it. I just don't think you will ever be a producer in Hong Kong. And I just don't think you have the artistic sense of, and he told me to go to film school, which at that point just wasn't an option for me. I, I, I wasn't willing to go to school again. 
I thought about it. My dream of acting school it ended at that point. And then I applied to a bunch of jobs. And it's funny because every time I couldn't make it in film, my parents always used to say to me, you'd be great in marketing. You'd be great in marketing. And I'd be like, ah, whatever. So I, I even did an internship at Diodora, the huge sports company, and I did a marketing internship, which I didn't enjoy at all, funnily enough, because the kind of marketing that, that I was doing was a very intern form of marketing. And I get it now. I'm running my own company, having our own employees and staff, and now interns, I get that the intern experience can be quite a dull one if they're not given the right coaches and the right mentors. So I would always end up searching and sprawling the web for marketing jobs. And then I got a call from my future boss who hired me on the spot to be an editor. The truth is that the only editing I knew was the very minimal stuff I learned myself. But I followed sort of Steve Jobs' teaching of say yes first and learn later. And that's exactly what I did. I worked there for two years and, uh, and then I left. I was done with it. I didn't find it inspiring anymore. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. But I had exposure to working for massive clients. I remember one of the most exciting jobs we ever did was for the Wall Street Journal. That was really exciting. And there's a lot of different interesting clients that that, that company bought in, which I got to learn from. And then after that, I just went, look, I'm, I'm going to start my own thing. I'm, I'm going to move on because I, if I can do it here and work for someone else, my, my boss would leave me to do a lot of stuff. So I, I would be managing the clients. I'd be going on shoots. I'd be managing the schedules. I'd be doing the budgets. I knew everything. So I just went, look, why should I continue to do this for you when I can do it for myself? So I left, I moved on. And um, as a result, I met Bradley, who's my business partner, best friend and business partner. I absolutely love the guy. And we started 24 Frames. And uh, that then... It was amazing how quickly that took off. I think it was all the hard years of work put in. It was all the teachings over those years. And before we knew it, we had a bunch of really incredible clients. JLL was one of one of our really valued, amazing clients. And until today, we have an amazing relationship with them. And we do some really exciting and interesting work with them. But the aim of all of this was the entertainment side of things. It wasn't to create uh, a company that uh, did uh, marketing. <laughs> Funnily enough, but the one thing I started to learn as I worked with the brands and I started creating my own little entertainment concepts on the side is I learned that marketing and entertainment are very much coming together with the buzzword content. And the day and age we live in today is really exciting because at the end of the day, it's, you're not just creating an advert, you're creating content. You, you want to create entertainment that people feel connected to yeah. so you can build an organic audience around it. And so that's how 24 was born. And, and, and today we work with some incredible clients, incredible companies. We work with people in the fashion sector. We work with people in the finance sector. We work with people in, in, in F&B. We've got a board of clients all around, some of the largest companies in the world. We're very privileged and excited to be working with them. And my pitch is let's stop creating advertising. Let's stop creating corporate videos. Let's start creating entertainment. And so that, that's really what we're all about. So, so, so yeah. Nick, I, I want to pick up on this. I've got 10 things I already want to talk to you about drilling deeper on that. But let's sure. start at, at this. When you created all this, you're creating this for a lot of multinational companies, organizations that are already established. You also have a, a specific brand that's focused on working with small, medium-sized businesses. And I want to go on that a little bit because how can a lot of people that are listening right now on the show are entrepreneurs, they're investors, they're people who, you know, whether in real estate, getting a more deals, you need to be known. If you're not known, people don't know if you exist, they're not going to be able to send you a deal. So here's the reality. Would you agree if I said branding is a very important aspect of any entrepreneur's journey? Absolutely. I think 
it's not just branding as a company. There's also personal branding, which has become a big deal. It is absolutely, in my opinion, one of the most vital, important parts of the business. Because at the end of the day, when you hire someone and you're scrolling down Google and you click on a bunch of websites, the only thing you have to go off is their brand. And that is how people buy services these days. That's how people buy products these days. You Google search. For example, you're looking for a video production Hong Kong. Boom. Who comes up on the first page? You click, you click, you click, and then you just send people a bunch of requests for quotes, for example. That's how people do their shopping, right? Whether it's video production, whether you're looking to buy a brand new pair of sunglasses, whether you're looking for the best holiday package you can find, it's all about branding and marketing. That first impression is everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think video goes a huge leap towards that because video builds trust. That's the key. Video builds trust. And with having a video just on your website, it's proven. There's tons of statistics out there that say people trust you more. And that's all you're looking at. So how does somebody who's looking to get started, and there's so many people looking to get started, even big organizations are going on the internet because of the crisis that we're going through right now. And I'd love to get into the pivot of how you did that as well. But can you share a couple of tips as to how an entrepreneur in investing in their own business, utilize video to actually build a stronger brand, to actually get themselves out there to be better well-known. How would you suggest they do that? Is there anything that you can share that allows most people who are going, you know what, I haven't done it. It's like, I'm jumping off the deep end. How can they get started? Because I, I know there's, you know, great services, great businesses that just needs a little bit of exposure. So how would they go about doing that, Nick? Look, I think for first timers, it's a daunting thing, right? Because, and we get this all the time at 24. The one thing that I've trained my team to do is to educate. It's so important because we come across huge multi-billion dollar corporations that come to us and say, we've never invested in video. And my first response to that is you're in the right place. You're in good hands. I spend a lot of time not just looking after the video needs of my clients, but also spending time to figure out what they're all about, learn more about them, learn about what they need. That's so important. And if a company isn't doing that, if you're writing to a company and they just throw you a quote and throw some numbers at you, barely asking you any questions about yourself, I'm sorry, guys, that's a huge red flag. All that means is they want your money. They're not interested in the fact that they're going to give you a product that's going to help sell your business or service. So my tips for getting started. First things first, find yourself a reliable video partner. There are many types of video partners that you can find out there. There are There's the freelancer where you have a one-man band. The guy goes around with a camera. He films everything and edits it. Um, cheap and cheerful. Now, the one thing that people think they can do in this industry is they can get away with just hiring anyone who has had three months of using a camera, okay? Or they can learn how to do it themselves. Now, sure, you can, you can do it. But at, at the same time, what you're foregoing here and what video is all about is the story, the storytelling. If you are not able to tell a great story, which if you've had three months on the camera and two months editing in your own bedroom, I highly doubt you're going to understand how to craft and create a compelling story. And that's why I'd always say opt for a company that knows what they're doing. Opt mm -hmm. for a company that A, cares about you, 
understands your needs and also understands what platforms you want to use for your business and B, focus on the story. So a new client comes to me, for example, and they say, hey, look, I want you to create a video for my restaurant. The first thing I'll say is, okay, what's your aim here? Are you just looking to get the attention of any customer out there? Is there a niche? Are you looking to get the attention of a very specific customer that likes this type of food? Mm. Or are you just looking to, are you looking to tell a story behind your restaurant or story behind the cuisine? These are all different things, right? If you want to tell a compelling story, YouTube is a great place to go. The longer form content does well on YouTube is the perfect place to host a corporate or a branded documentary as opposed to Instagram where IGTV, great, but IGTV is better to get the short-term attention. So what we would do is figure out exactly what they wanted. Then we'd put together a pitch and a package for them. We'd sit with them and we'd run it through and say, okay, look, this is what we think you need based on what you've told me. Now, here's what it costs. Here's how it will work. Go away, think about it. Let us know what you want to try and what is far out of your comfort zone. They'll then come back. And based on that, we'll go ahead with writing a story, writing a script, working with them. We don't just have someone that goes out and shoots stuff with a camera. We have script writers. We have producers. We have people who've worked in television. We have people who've worked in the world of animation. We have graphic designers on board. We have the whole package at 24 that allows for you to get started and create anything you want. And, and really tell that story with style, but more importantly, entertain that audience. Because if you don't have an audience, that's how we can help. We, we can help you get started with how to get that audience and how to reel that audience in. That's really what we do. That is incredible. So here's the thing. Everybody can use more clients, right? And every entrepreneur has a dream to go, hey, I, I need more clients. I need, as long as I get more funnels in that end, then I can always get more profit. I can always you know, do more R&D. I can do more of these things. So with the times of COVID, obviously nobody knew this was going to happen. Nobody knew this, this challenge is going to pivot the world on a different axis. How did this actually bring towards your business and also video production? Because obviously everything is online. Everything is now about Zoom. Everything is, is virtual. How was it that it was, you shared with me the struggles and how was the successes? Can you share with us as entrepreneurs how that journey over the last six months have changed for you? It's been a journey. I, I think being an entrepreneur, your worst fear is waking up one morning and having no business. I think that's every entrepreneur's biggest fear. And COVID was that nightmare realized for a lot of people. When it struck, right, this is, I'll never forget this because we had a couple of huge campaigns lined up. We, we had plans to fly around Europe and work with some huge celebrities on some amazing campaigns, really exciting stuff. And we're gearing up for that. And suddenly I was in London kind of early Feb and it kicked off in Hong Kong. We started January off pretty well. We were very busy. We had a lot of bookings where, you know, swamped with work. And I was like, okay, great. I actually remember thinking at that point, we're booked all the way till March or April. It's a great thing to have a company that's booked in advance. And so that that happening quite regularly for us is a real blessing. So I was very happy. I I came back to London and, and really my focus is on being be building the London business and getting things moving in London because London's a very new market for me at the moment. Although I did live here in the past, things have changed a lot and, and it's a brand new world. And then in Feb, 
mid to end Feb is when COVID really struck Hong Kong and everything shut down. People started to freak out and the market started to tumble. And I was in Iceland, March 10th. I'll never forget it. When literally I, I, I remember I was at the Blue Lagoon, one of the most amazing places in the world, Iceland, by the way, not the Blue Lagoon. The Blue Lagoon's all right, but Iceland is beautiful. Iceland. And so I was there with my wife and uh, it was our last meal before we flew back. It was our anniversary trip. We're having loads of fun. And I sat at the table and suddenly I got a message. I pulled out my phone and literally it was like the most horrifying message, which was all the gigs that we had lined up pretty much one by one had toppled. I still remember the flight home. And the one thing in my mind was, you're not alone. There's other people going through this. You're not alone. You have a roof above your head. You have a great family. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. This will be okay. And I'm lucky because we have several businesses. 24 was the one that really suffered at this point. Spotted Zebra is actually doing really well because it was, it's a low cost production company dedicated at startups. So that was actually humming along really nicely at that point. And uh, so I came home after this amazing holiday and the most terrifying eight weeks ensued of me sitting down with my business partner really just going through the numbers. I have never gone through the numbers that much in my life. I've never sat down and literally day by day coming up with different financial projections and different plans. And how do we make it out of this? How do we come out of this? And most importantly, how to take care of our staff or our family. Like at 24, we take this responsibility very seriously. So that was a shock. And shortly after that, everything in London toppled as well. So the first couple of months was very tough. But very lucky that, like I said, Spotted Zebra, one of our other businesses, was doing very well. Mm. And what we did is we sat down and we said, okay, let's use this time to connect with our clients and let them know that we're here for them. So we sat down and my wife is someone who literally, she's amazing. She's always there when I need her. She's my, my source of inspiration in life, constantly making sure that when I'm in above my head that she really just goes, don't worry, it'll be fine. And she was like, look, this is the time when you need to reach out to your clients. This is the time when you need to let them know that you guys are there. You guys are there for them, no matter what they're going through. Marketing cannot stop at this point. People are just changing the way they work. It doesn't mean they're going to stop working. But the stop working thing happened for about a month and a half. People literally stopped. And so we used that time. We invested some money in email marketing. We created our own animation videos. We went out there. And we just went out there into the world and we spread our positive vibes and we went, look, we're here. We're here to look after you. If you want video, contact us. It was shocking. It happened. People came back. People came, they start contacting us. They took us up on the offer. And that's when I really felt like this isn't just a business to me. We've created something that can help support people. And that's what we did. And surely enough, eight weeks, it, it seemed for a lot of people who are still struggling, eight weeks is a very short amount of time. In my world, eight weeks, a lot happens in eight weeks. I'm awake a whole lot. I don't sleep very much. So eight weeks is like 16 weeks <laughs> for me. Those eight weeks, they changed the way that I see the world. They changed the way that I see my business. They changed the way that I see the amazing supportive people that look after me and my company. They changed the way that I see our incredible clients. Because I have very personal relationships with my clients. They're not people that I just say, okay, here, I push them off to be managed by someone else. I'm constantly in touch with them. I genuinely care about them. I love my clients. It sounds so cheesy, but it's true. These are people that I build genuine friendships with. They're not just people I work with. So the pivot in this sense was 
we were making Zoom videos, we were making Zoom animations. So we were doing Zoom chats like we're doing now. Then we were taking that and combining that with animation. So we've done a very interesting thing for a massive law firm, which will be released very soon. I'm not allowed to talk about it because I don't better want to get firm. into it. You better not talk about I don't it. Want to, I don't <laughs> want to get into any trouble. But they're, they're a massive worldwide law firm that we've just worked with. And we've done something similar because, because of the same thing. People are are relying on this sort of communication. So that's what we did. We just pivoted in that way. We started offering live events. We started offering live streaming. We started really building our arsenal of equipment to deal with that. And slowly but surely, things just picked back up. At this point, we're booked again for the next three or four months. We're very busy. So yeah, I think COVID also taught me that I can manage my company from London. It taught me, I, I, I didn't believe I could do that. Last year was the first year I ever moved to London and said, okay, I flew back around 12 times. Yeah. yeah, it was just like constant back and forth. Cathay Pacific loved me because it was just incessant traveling back and forth. It was, it was... Somehow I can but, relate with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can. I'm just knowing your backstory, I know you can. But I realized I was being a control freak and that I have some amazing people that I've spent time to hire and people that I've worked with and people that have taught me some amazing things and people that have learned things from, from me and Brad as well. So... I think it taught me how incredible the team is and how much I respect my own team, which I always respected them, but not in the way that I do today. This is a whole new level of respect. A realization as well, because then all, all of a sudden you can't fly. You have to rely on other people to, to do what you normally were doing yourselves. And, and this is a perfect moment for you to go from a medium-sized business to a, a large scale business, because now you're going, Hey, you know what? I had to jump off the deep end. I had to change some of these things to be able to scale my business. And you probably to some degree, we've all heard we got to be able to let go, but we never did let go in a lot of ways because we're like, oh my God, you know what? If I can do it, then I can do it better. And you want to continue to be involved. Absolutely. Now, yeah. you, you now literally have opened the, the box to your unlimited potential next. So that is fantastic. That's, I mean, hey, it's a blessing in disguise, right? There's nothing better. I say this to my business partner all the time. We were in Sydney in December of last year and we were coming up with, with our travel itinerary for this year because it's so packed and I, I travel roughly once a month or sometimes even twice a month, depending on how busy it is or what shoots I'm doing and where. So we're coming up with our itinerary and we had this sort of debate and he said, look, if we hire a really great person on the ground that can channel our passion and enthusiasm, and we can trust them. And we know that they're creating a quality of product that is fantastic. We can now develop our business worldwide a little bit better. And I just went, no, I, I went, yeah, look, we can hire whoever we want. They're not us. They're not us. They didn't build a business. And, and I just remember having this, like this constant back and forth. And again, Brad being one of my best friends, we work so well together. It's been five years. We've invested in three businesses. We built three businesses together. He's someone who I, I really see as a lifelong business partners, someone who I'll continue working with because we just, we're telepathic. We just understand we're like brothers and our whole business is built on the idea of me and him looking out for each other rather than looking out for ourselves. Right. So if a crisis occurs, the first question we'll ask each other, are you okay? Not, I need this, which is the subject of a lot of business, you know, business partnerships. So I think having this discussion with him about whether we need to be there and how often we need to be there and me saying, look, we need to be there six months of the year each and we can't just leave it. Sitting here today, I do some crazy hours because we're very busy in Hong Kong. So I wake up at three or four in the morning, but it doesn't matter because I don't sleep anyways. It doesn't really matter. 
but it's told me that I can be here and I can work with clients who know I care about them because I'm on the phone to them anytime they need me. And I'm not someone who's really needed on the shoots anyway. I'm a producer. So for me, right now, I'm more of an exec producer than I'm a producer. So I come up with a concept and the idea and then I let the guys that do this stuff best do the stuff. You never want me holding a camera. You just don't. That's just not my skill set. But a blessing in disguise is an understatement. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So t- tell us this. In terms of telling a story, I think that's also another point that I really want to drill deep on. Because right now, as another pointer, being an exact producer and having a media company actually telling people, telling these stories of people, is there anything that you can tell us as to how we can tell a story better? Because every entrepreneur has a story, right? Because you've gone through so much in order for success. A lot of times it's like the iceberg, right? You see the tip of the iceberg, but there's so much underneath. There's so much that they had to do to get to that success. But is, you know, during that process, how can they tell that story? Is there anything they can do as almost immediately before they call you guys up or any media production company to go, how can I tell the story better? Is there any pointers that you can share with us for our viewers here that that will really pivot their business in the right direction? Because it's all about ROI and how we can make these some differences to our businesses. So I'd love for you to share your insight, how stories can be told better uh, via video or in, in any business. Look, I think people feel like when they're on camera, when they're creating a video, that they have to be a persona, that they've got to be someone else. You've got to be authentic. You've got to be real to who you are. I, I think that's number one, because people see through the persona. The people see through who you're, you're pretending to be. Right. So I think the first thing is if you're just going to pick up a phone and make a vlog, which you can do without a media company, we're here to help you create something larger. We're here to take simple storytelling to another level, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you can't sit there with your phone and look into it and talk about how you failed that day or how you wanted to accomplish X, Y, Z, and you managed X and Y, but Z didn't happen. I think there's a few things people can do with social media. So important. And this is something that we're working on as a brand as well. This is something that I think we were very lucky to get a lot of organic business in. We were very lucky for most of the, the shelf life of 24 frames to have amazing clients or word of mouth that we right. did not as a business focus enough on social media. I think sitting here and preaching the importance of social media, it's something we're starting to really do a lot more now. Because at the end of the day, if I'm making content for your social media, you're going to want to know that I have my social media in order. I think if you're going to tell a story, tell it authentically, celebrate your failures, talk about them, address them. People value that. People value others who can talk openly about the fact that they failed and they're getting up again and they're starting again. And look, there's a really exciting venture coming up. I'm not sure I should be announcing it right now, but hey, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. One of my best friends, childhood best friends, Shaheen and I are starting a venture called the Whiskey Bros. Okay. (laughs) I can already see you smiling. This happened over a, a very chilled out, mellow Korean barbecue dinner in the middle of the pandemic. It was my buddy's 30th birthday. And I was like, look, there's nothing better than to take him to a Korean restaurant. We love Korean food, Korean barbecue and beer. That's his thing. Korean barbecue and whiskey is my thing. He's a very successful beer entrepreneur. And he started up one of Hong Kong's first craft beer distribution companies called Best Bev. It did very well. And um, then now he's moved to London and, and he's doing his own thing. 
But we sat together and we were discussing Dos Hombres, the Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul's brand of tequila. And uh, I went, bro, it'd be so cool if we created like our kind of Dos Hombres. Like we are Dos Hombres and we've known each other for way longer than those fools have known each other. Yeah. I don't know if it was the whiskey or not. I don't know if it was uh, the atmosphere or the smokiness that drove us to making a crazy decision that we made, but we decided we're going to start up our own whiskey brand. We're going to create our own whiskey. We're competing with the, the, the giants here. We're competing with the McAllen's. My, that's my favorite whiskey in the world. I love McAllen. I don't want to compete with them. But jokes aside, we decided that we're going to create a business venture that we want to get into because we're really passionate about it for fun. So we're starting a podcast called The Whiskey Bros. And that podcast documents our entire entrepreneurship journey from us coming up with the idea and how we came up with it to us actually going to Scotland or going to wherever we decide, if we decide to make bourbon somewhere in America, maybe Tennessee, us going and doing the process and you as an audience watching our failures and successes. Because I don't think there's anything more powerful than seeing someone fail but then seeing them get up again, it's like Rocky, man. Like, like yeah, yeah. I just keep getting knocked down and you're just clapping every time he gets knocked down. It's like, no, the guy's hurt, he's, he's hurt, but that's okay. Cause you know, he's gonna get back up. And it's the same thing. You want to tell an authentic story about your life, tell it true, tell it real. People are interested, right? There's millions of Instagrammers out there who have hundreds of millions of fans because they're interested in knowing their authentic selves. Mm. So important, be authentic. Use social media, tell your story in a really interesting manner. Use pictures, use video, use whatever you can. Think about the captions on Instagram. Don't just one word caption like, here's my dinner. No one cares. Break it down. This isn't just my dinner. This is my favorite meal in the world. I've been cooking it for 12 years. I've watched every YouTube video available on how to make a carbonara. So this just ain't any ordinary carbonara. This is the best carbonara you'll ever get. Tell the story behind it. Really package it. It comes back. Everything comes back to this word branding at the end of the day, right? You've got to brand yourself. You've got to brand your product and your story has to match that brand. That is so important, Nick. That, that is priceless for what you just shared here because everybody has a brand, everybody has a persona, and it's important that the rest of the world gets to know but, people. Everybody's got that story. Everybody can share that story and authentically. And I think authentically is the important part because everybody wants to make it perfect. It has to be crafted perfect. And sometimes that's the, the paralysis, right? Like we just analyze it to death and we just do nothing. We end up doing nothing. And during the times of the pandemic, it's very important that actually you market yourself out of the pandemic. A lot of people go, let's just wait for marketing or let's wait to do what we need to do to get our business back on track. But what would you say to that? How, how would you turn around? How would you share the story with anybody who's listening here who's already thriving or people who's a little bit stalled right now needing to pivot? What type of actionable steps, aside from being on social media, what else can they do to actually turn their business around? And because you're an entrepreneur, you're highly acclaimed entrepreneur who I respect tremendously. What are some of those things as an entrepreneur you're thinking, hey, you know what, I can do this to get your business back on track and in motion. Look, this is a point at which no one wants to spend money. And I understand that. Being a business owner myself, we don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of rumors of a deep recession taking place as soon as COVID is over. We have been in a recession for a little while now, probably one of the worst recessions of our time. I really do understand when people say, look, marketing can wait. But the truth is it cannot. 
because for all the people that are pressing the pause button on the marketing right now, there are those that are going crazy marketing. And those are the guys that have come out of this pandemic flying. Here's how I'd like you to look at it. There's a very famous fable, right, of the frog that fell into the pail of milk. There's two frogs, sorry, that fell into the pail of milk. One frog kept pedaling and kept pedaling harder and harder and harder, churned a little bit of milk into a little block of butter and jumped out. The other frog just went, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Panic. I'm not going to do anything. Sank to the bottom and died. That is the perfect way to look at the, the pandemic. If you were sat there going, I have a failing business right now. Things are not working. The last thing you need to do is think, oh, I need to start up a new business. Or, oh, you know what? Just put it on pause. Things will get better in a bit. Or let's wait and see until next month. My friend, that is not how things work. That's not how the world works. And, and that's the exact opposite of what you should be doing right now. But here, I'm, I'm going to share a couple of things because, yes, it's important to invest in marketing. But there is also marketing that comes for free. And like I said, social media is definitely one. But really getting to grips with what your brand is, building up your website, making sure it tells a great story, making sure that people can find you on Google. That's another thing. That's another really important step that you need to take. And there are ways to make content that are cheap or that are free. There, there are so many videos out there on YouTube. Just click, how do I create content? Or how do I create my first video? Start there, start there. Create your first video, use YouTube. I, I know I keep bringing that to social media. If you've got all your other fundamentals in line, like you've got a strong brand, you've got your website in order, so that people can find you on social media. You've got a Facebook page, you've got an Instagram page, you've got a website that is listed and that you can find on Google. Those are the fundamentals of what people should be making sure that they already have when starting any kind of business. You know, people aren't finding you on Google, you, you're gonna get found once in a generation. It's just not, it's not practical, right? People can't find you on social media. They can't learn more about your story. They can't understand who you are. So get the fundamentals in place. I understand that it's very difficult at this point to spend money, but if you don't have the right website, there's Wix, there's Squarespace. These are really cheap services. Anyone can design. I, I'm not a designer. I, I, I love to have a play around with these things and they actually come out looking pretty off. If you can't afford a designer, go on Wix, go on Squarespace. You can get a website for a very low amount of money that basically effectively using a template designs itself. So nobody has an excuse to not have a web presence at this point and in 2020. Once you've got that web presence, then make sure you have your social media line. Make sure that Facebook, Instagram, you've got tags and the tag that is the same as your business. A lot of people have tags that are like completely different from their business. So they have usernames that are completely different. No one can find you. So align all of that stuff and then just start creating content yourself. Start picking up the camera and talking to it. Start talking about how your day went. And there might only be five people interested at first, but it doesn't matter because those five people, if one of them gives you a sale, you're winning. So start small, definitely really spend the time and enjoy it. Everyone loves talking about themselves. I don't care who you are. If, if you're telling me you don't like talking about yourself, that's a shocker, right? That's just, there's no one on earth that does not like to self-indulge just a little bit. Indulge yourself. Put it out there. Put yourself out there for the world to see. You said something really important. You said manicured content versus putting something out there. Gary Vee, do it. Just do it. Forget about sitting there and editing stuff for hours and hours. I know that I own a business where we edit things for hours and hours to make it look amazing. Our level of storytelling is really when you want to develop something that's highly polished and really amazing. And 
basically what we do is we create the crown jewel. But the crown jewel needs a crown to prop itself up. Yeah. So the little bites that you put on social media, the little pictures of what you're doing on a daily basis, little encouragement to other people, that's the crown. And then we create that jewel. And when the jewel sits on top of the crown is when you're winning. The crown by itself isn't enough. And that's why we specialize in creating the jewel to prop you up to that next level. But that doesn't mean that you can't be successful with just a crown. You can, people do it. But I think bringing all the elements together, drawing on all of that is, is really what will get you out of the, the rut, will get you out of where you're stuck. Just keep pedaling, just keep swimming, as my wife always says. That is so cool because I, I know that you had to do so much to every other business that struggled at the beginning of, of COVID and now has pivoted to the direction where they're in the right track, obviously took a lot of work. And so in closing, Nick, is there something that you can, you think that every entrepreneur fast forwarding things, because you're a visionary, right? You see where things are headed, certainly with social media, certainly with web, certainly with video. And where are you seeing 2021? Like we're almost at the end of 2020. I know 2020 went by like a brink of an eye. Yeah. 2021 is going to be a, a fresh start. And certainly for entrepreneurs, we believe that we need to start every day fresh. So looking at 2021, what are your views investing in your business? You've invested every, everything that you made. You created more business. You created more business. You've continued to invest in your business. Where do you see the next investment on your business being? The next thing I'm creating for 2021 is a brand new startup called Podital. And, um, the podcast, well, we're on a podcast now, so uh, this is perfect. We saw the potential in building something that creates podcasts for companies around the world. So it very much exists in America. Podcasting is huge in America right now. It's huge in England, but in Asia, in Hong Kong and Singapore, which are two of our big markets, because that's where 24 Frames has our two offices. In both those places, I think I've realized that there's an underdeveloped podcasting market. And so we've created Podital, and, and Podital is designed to tell great stories, great audio stories. Again, we're really focused on making sure that we have content that is transcendent of just a brand or an idea, but branded podcasts are the new thing. That's what's going to take off. That's what's been, I, I think it's funny because you see the trends happen in America, then you see them happen in London and the UK. And then you see them happen in Asia. And that's, I'm not saying every trend happens in that order, mm -hmm. but with the entertainment industry in particular, things almost always happen in that order. Why? Because you've got Hollywood, you've got all the visionaries out there in Hollywood constantly trying to change things and whatever works for them, they tend to be the leaders in this market and then it follows on. So Podital is all about telling amazing stories, long form 30, 40 minute stories, that empower your brand. And what I mean by that is if you own a shoe brand, if you're Nike, you can go out there and talk about shoes for the episode. Sure, you can do that. There's lots of YouTubers that do that. But what makes it even more powerful if, is if your shoes are shoes for runners and then you tell stories about runners, you're indirectly marketing your shoes, but you're doing it in a way that adds value to people. You're telling them things that they're interested in, things that people are entertained by, things that people want to listen to. And that's what Podital is going to be about. That's exactly what we're trying to create. We're trying to entice brands in Asia to tell really compelling stories around their brands that can prop their brands up, that can build up their sort of foundation of content 
uh, and that can really get them out there. So to me, 2021 is a big podcasting year. We're going to be making a TV show in 2021 as well, which is really exciting, but I can't talk about that. I'm sworn to secrecy at the moment. So in terms of the way that I see the world going, I'm an optimist. And I know that if I had five opportunities this year, that I will have 15 next year. And I think everyone should look at it like that because every year that comes, it's up to you to create your own opportunity. And I'm confident that if you're in a rut right now and you're listening to this, that you have the power to get yourself out of it. You and only you have the power to get out of it. So really hone in on the basics, work it out, and just know that if you put in the work and the time, you will make it out. And I think that's what 2021 is going to be all about. It's going to be about getting yourself out there, getting yourself back up into the stratosphere and, and really doing what 2020 couldn't do for so many businesses. So that's uh, to 2021, eh? Absolutely. Nick, you have been absolutely inspiring. I am fired up. I'm just like going, man, what do I got to do? What <laughs> things can I add to the, the portal? How can I make this better? But Nick, you've been a wealth of wisdom, certainly in the media space and the video production. You're also a celebrity here in Hong Kong. I didn't <laughs> Didn't have a chance to say that. You've done so much in such a short period of time. You've made an impact and a, a very authentic impact. And it's actually because of your channel off the cuff that I had an opportunity to get to know you and a privilege and pleasure to be able to share this moment with you, to share the last little bit, to get a little bit of your wisdom and actually get to know you deeper, stronger and how you're doing business and, and being able to pivot in such an amazing direction. Nick, congratulations, man. It's, Thank you. Thank it's, you so it's, much. Hey, it's, I, I think everybody here definitely got a huge amount of wisdom, a lot of knowledge from you. Guys, you know, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I think there's a few things in summary. I, I picked up these few things and I really wanted to bring them up in case you missed it. Say yes, say more yes to no's, right? Because yes is open doors, no's closes them. Number two, market your way out of a a recession for your business. Don't stay in a rut. You got to market yourself. You know, if there's anything that you're going to cut, don't cut your marketing. Cause once you cut your marketing, nobody knows can even find you. Then you don't have a funnel to even build your business upon. You lose the top end and also stay very optimistic. Look for 2021. I think for me, Nick, with your assistance, I'm going to call you and, and go, Hey, how can I do a better job storytelling? How can I do it better and share my passion for investing? How can I share my wisdom or things that I love about real estate and really build upon that and share it with the world something things that like you, I'm absolutely passionate about. So Nick, it's a pleasure. Thank you for being here with us Thank on you. Investorpreneur, where we talk everything, investing, business, real estate, and making a difference in our lives. So anybody wants to find out, Nick, we definitely got your huge amount of credentials here. Can they reach out to you? Like anybody who's, you know, wanting to build more video production, content, storytelling, they can reach out to you. Maybe your business can help them out. Absolutely. Anyone looking for any, just even advice on content, please reach out to me. I'm here. If you want just general advice on content, ideas, anything at all, reach out to me. We'll have my Instagram handle and, uh, and my uh, company and my company's email address just below. So feel free to write to me and I would love to help you guys out. Absolutely would. That's awesome. Nick, thank you very much. Until next time, guys, go out there and build a business actively, passively with partners, without partners, do it. Now's the time to do it, 2021. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Nick.